same words, same usage, just in a different order so that we can keep it moving without jolting it to a stop with however. Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one slow word at a time. <laughs> and slowly is the way we're working through this material. This is part two of a two-part episode. We thought it might be a one-part episode, but it we ran a little bit long in the first episode, so if you're listening only, you're getting this in two parts, uh, a week apart. So this is part two. Uh, Taylor, just go ahead and do you want to recap a little bit what we did? Yes, um... I, will, I, will, I will recap. Okay. So we, we're working with some material that was sent into us. It's from an epic fantasy and um, it's about five to 600 words when we started and I've been going through line editing and the main issue that we're trying to resolve is that we want to make sure that this character's the main character, her name is um, Grace, that her flashbacks seamlessly bend, blend past and present so that we understand that she's having something of a PTSD moment. And, and so that's the main concern. But there's so much more that could be learned from this piece in terms of tweaking and line editing and perspective and anchoring. So we've been going through it. It's it's not easy to follow entirely by podcast, and I do apologize for that. And it's because, you know, there's stop starts of me reading the original and then getting confused between my line edits and the original. It's a, it's a mess on screen. But um, we're going to work over part two now. The first session, we went over the easiest things, the little tweaks, the the, the, the tiny changes. And now we're going to, we've, I've accepted all of those changes and we're going to tackle some of the bigger concerns and show how we can really emphasize the inner struggle that this character is going through. All right, let's do it. Violet shrieked. A black pyroball the size of her head shot from the mirror. Blue flames exploded in every direction. Grace stumbled backwards. And already we hit our first um, little stag here. This is where um, I, I took blue flames. Blue flames meant stone-consuming dragon fire. God, no. And that's actually a change from the first version. I tweaked it because it's what I do as, I'm, um, as I go through my edits. Once you have it cleared up and you can actually see what you're working with, you're going to change more, and and that first edit isn't necessarily the way that it stays. We had an issue where Declan just kind of came out of nowhere and and pushed her. So we needed to to clean that up so that we moved that and slowed it down beat by beat. Hands shoved her, Declan pushing her away from the blast. Her shoulder hit the floor. Declan redirected the dragonfire back to the mirror, except he missed. And that all came from Declan threw Grace to the floor, redirecting the dragonfire back towards the mirror. And because we're slowing it down beat by beat, hands shoved her, Declan pushing her away from the blast. Her shoulder hit the floor. Declan redirected the dragonfire back toward the mirror, except he missed. And I highlighted out that the part about redirecting the dragon fire 
would probably be stronger with some kind of district description to indicate what he used or how he did it. And it's probably already mentioned in previous chapters, and I just can't see it because I don't have the full story. But even if it already is, it's still going to make it stronger. Let's say he uses his hands to do it, right? Then decline, and then you have a, a motion, you know, thrust his hands forward or something. It gives that sequence more more strength, but I don't know how it's done, and so I didn't mess with it. I just left that in as a comment, except he missed. Originally, this said fire... Uh, I can't, I can't tell. Fire consumed the stairs and their escape instead. And I changed this to the fire hit the stairs instead, consuming their escape. And if you remember up top when we did it last time, um, I had an issue with the word instead at the end. And I was saying, well, if it was me, I would probably take it out. And this is how I figured that I would reword it because the instead was necessary, I think, but it didn't need to be there at the end of the sentence. That was the hang up. So the fire hit the stairs instead, consuming their escape. Smoke filled the air. I added that because the next line had said Grace gagged at the smoke. Her screams from the past morphed into the present and I changed it to Smoke filled the air. Grace gagged and coughed. Screams from the past morphed into the present. And here's where, um, in the in the previous version, screams from the past morphed into the present. I don't know if I said this or not, but I think I might have skipped right over it. But in my notes, I had mentioned that this was perfect. This this sentence, screams from the past morphed into the present. I couldn't have written that better myself, as a way to transition from the past into the present, but it was down at the bottom of this scene. So I took it and I moved it right up to the top. She's gagging and coughing, screams from the past morphed into the present. It was a beautiful use of words. Then I continue on with the original and I, um, I'm taking what's already there. So what was already there said, and it's hard for me to read because there's a a lot of uh, in-between stuff, but Grace gagged at the smoke. Her screams from the past, her flashes of, (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I can't do it. It's so confusing. Okay. But I will read you what I can read. Her struggling on the pyre gripped her, a decade-old memory, but still fresh. The flames, the smells, oh God, no, not now. Focus, run. Despite her commands, she couldn't move her legs tied to the pyre. And so what I've turned that into was taking the screams from the past, morphed into the present, putting that up at the beginning and working from there. Flashes of memory gripped her, demanded her mind to focus, commanded her legs to run. And so I, that was taking inner, inner thought, choppy inner thought, turning it into third-person narrative. But we're in there. We're with her. Flashes of memory gripped her. She demanded her mind to focus, commanded her legs to run. She couldn't move. The flames, the smells, oh God. Her hands were bound, her legs tied. She struggled on the pyre, fighting to breathe, writhing against the heat, screaming for help. And what we have in that one sentence, let's count the actions, right? Struggled, fighting, 
writhing, screaming. Those are four really powerful words that give us a sense of desperation and helplessness. But because of the way that they are led into, where she's demanding her mind to focus, she can't move, the flames, the smells, oh God, it's a natural transition that when we say her hands were bound, we don't have to say 10 years ago, a decade ago. We can say it now and the mind already converts it. It's already working with us. And then we can put her there on the pyre. We don't have to say the decade memory was still fresh. We're just putting her right there like it's happening right now. Her hands were bound, her legs tied. She struggled on the pyre, fighting to breathe, writhing against the heat, screaming for help. No, no, her feet were on the floor, stone floor. Run, she could run. And so what that's done is taken that segment that just worked really fast altogether. It was a little bit choppy and it's, it's lengthened it out because that when we're doing action like that, we really want to slow down the pace. And it's the one time when you're writing, when you want more words, not fewer. So the way that sent that whole thing reads now is grace gagged and coughed screams from the past morphed into the present flashes of memory gripped her. She demanded her mind to focus, commanded her legs to run. She couldn't move. The flames, the, the flames, the smells, oh God. Her hands were bound, her legs tied. She struggled on the pyre, fighting to breathe, writhing against the heat, screaming for help. No, no, her feet were on the floor, stone floor. She could run. Violet cackled. Her voice came from far away. She yelled, hypocrite, so be it. Nothing but your ashes will remain. And I, I messed with the dialogue a little bit there. It wasn't my right to do it, but I felt that it would clean it up. And if it's helpful, it's helpful. If not, and it's it's not the author's voice, she can, you know, go back and, and make it the other way. It was not, there was nothing wrong with it. I just felt that this worked with the, um, the, the temp, tempo of the, the intensity of this scene. And I also... Um, because now I can see this with fresh eyes and it's all cleaned up, I add, added, she yelled, because there was no um, tag, no voice tag before, and I felt that it would just add a little bit to it. So Violet cackled. Her voice came from far away. She yelled, hypocrite, so be it. Nothing but your ashes will remain. Now, in the original, this whole sense of the voice coming from far away, the implication was there that it was because... Um, blood was rushing through Violet's head. Her heart was pounding in her ears. Uh, not Violet, um, Grace. So she couldn't, that's why the voice seemed to come from far away. But we didn't really get a lot of strength from having it all scattered and, and spread out like that with all the different words. And the implication is still there. Her voice came from far away. It's not as clear. So the the author may want to go back in and put it back the way it was, and that was fine. But when when we get these transitions where we're going from one person to the next, that's where too many words can, it, it can be a distraction. So this is the way I did it. This was my solution. It's not the solution. Grace's heart pounded. Her eyes watered. The screams continued. Her screams, her family's screams. No, no, that was then. And then, then originally carried down from the text, it said she needed to focus, she needed to run. But I deleted that because it's safe to delete it now. Um, we already used those 
words earlier. We already know her straight of mind. We don't need to have it repeated. Grace's heart pounded. Her eyes watered. The screams continued. Her screams. Her family's screams. No, no, that was then. Strong hands gripped her shoulders. Declan lifted her to her feet and shook her. She swiped at her tears. Black mist poured from the mirror, metallic dross and trollsbane. Trollsbane, so poisonous it could fell a rock troll. Humans had no chance against it. God have mercy. Declan threw a shield about them. The mist punched holes through the protection. And I made a few little tweaks here to what got carried down. Grace's eyes burned, her lungs burned, and pain lashed across her cheek. Declan's cries added to her own. He shouted in shadow tongue. The dragon fire only intensified. Smoke thickened. Grace couldn't see the stairs. The octagon window at her shoulder was the size of a dinner plate. They had no way out. She gripped Declan's arm and dragged him with her. The end of the hallway would buy them a minute or two. The flames leapt closer. Screams clogged her mind. Her family's taunts grew louder. Or were they violets? Declan coughed. And here I added, chokening in the thickening poison. And here's why. Because up earlier, this was a an area where I said, okay, we're going to need to work on this because um, we were using a lot of prepositions to sort of place things. And in the original, he was coughing between movements. He said between coughs, he did whatever. And so my solution to fixing that is to put the choking and the coughing ahead of the action so that we already know it's setting up the scene. We already know what's happening, and we don't have to interrupt the action with between coughs. And I did it twice in the in the sentences preceding the action. So here's the first one. Declan coughed, choking in the thickening poison. He said, I have an idea. And that's a change because originally it said, not going to like my idea. And the reason that I did that is because there hasn't really been any dialogue between them up until now in this particular little scene. And when it rushed right into not going to like my idea, it just, it was too fast. We needed something to just slow it down a little. So I put a dialogue tag at the beginning. Do it already. And here I added another cough. He coughed again. Not going to like it. Do it. And that's added dialogue to work, to keep it flowing, to work with it. Declan pushed her against the wall and stood next to her. So here's the original. Declan pushed her against the wall. Between coughs, he drew a simple single-line circle and stood next to her. Before she could question him, he threw a pyroball into the middle of the circle and snapped his fingers. And so I eliminated the between and the before, which are both um, the prepositions that I was concerned about. Declan pushed her against the wall and stood next to her. We're keeping those actions linked together. Between coughs has been deleted. He drew a simple single circle. And here's where Anne stood next to her got removed from. He drew a simple single circle, period. Then it said before she could question him, and I took it out completely, and here's why. Before she could question him mixes up the actions. It implies that she saw and understood what he was doing faster than he actually did it, which means he would have had to have been moving slow. But he's in a hurry, so no, not so much. He's moving fast. She's going to react after the time, after the fact, 
The questions are going to come after, not in the middle of the action. That's what that before is indicating, is that we're out of time sequence. We're, we're, we've moved into movie perspective where we're trying to show multiple things happening at the same time instead of showing them exactly as they're happening in the characters through the character's eyes. So Declan pushed her against the wall and stood next to her. He drew a simple single-line circle, tossed a pyroball into the middle, and snapped his fingers. So I, I deleted of the circle. There was two. He drew a circle. He tossed a powerball into the middle of the circle. We don't need it. It's, um, it's redundant. Flames leapt to the ceiling. Here we would have um, the, her questioning him. Here's where it would show up. Questions collided in her head. Was he trying to kill them faster? Originally it was, what the? Trying to kill them her faster? So just for clarity, questions collided in her head. Was he trying to kill them faster? The words never reached her throat. That was added to keep the sequence of actions consistent. The words never reached her throat. However, the flames stayed, stayed within the circle under his control. They held the poisonous smoke, held back the poisonous smoke. And I, I removed the however and changed it to the flame stayed controlled within the circle, holding back the poisonous smoke. Same words, same usage, just in a different order so that we can keep it moving without jolting it to a stop with however. Declan shouted in shadow tongue. Power radiated from him hotter than the flames. The fire burnt a hole through the floor, leaving a blackened circle where he had stood. Her heart lurched. And I added that, her heart lurched, because we need some sort of reaction from Grace. And this was where we had had the part where he jumped to his rolled and jumped to his feet, and it was the point of view shift. And we've removed the point of view shift. We need something from Grace. Her heart lurched. She peered over the edge. We've just gotten her from point A to point B, even if it's only a few inches. Now we know how she sees what she sees. Declan stood 15 feet below. His hand, hand stretched upward, motioning her down. Blue glow bathed his sweaty face. The dragon fire had already spread to the ground floor. Declan said, jump. I'll break my neck. Would you rather burn alive? I'll catch you. She glanced back. So in the original, it had said, Declan waved again. No way, she said. And I... My own personal feelings is that if they're in such a desperate situation, we want a little bit more urgency to it. Urgency in his command and a stronger hesitation in her hesitation. So instead of saying, no way, you just get to the point. I'll break my neck. That's, that's the fear. That's what's stopping her. Would you rather burn alive? Come on, I'll catch you. I've deleted out the come on. It's too much, too many words. Like, we don't need it. Just get to the point here. Like, not to the author, to the, to the characters. Like, the character's going to get to the point. And so he's in a hurry. He's desperate. I'll catch you. She glanced back. Flames engulfed the hallway. Searing heat blistered her face just as it had on the pyre. She froze again, her body tied to the stake. Her mind screamed, telling her to move. Declan yelled, Come on, love, now. And that was also, um, that's the come on earlier was also to avoid this repeat of, of the same wordage down here. She stood frozen, past and present, consumed by flame. 
Pain pierced her right shoulder. She blinked and shook her head. Declan leaned back and lobbed another low-grade mage ball toward her. This time she ducked. Awareness kicked in and brought her to the present. She whispered a prayer and jumped. So I haven't gone through to um, accept all the changes in the document to give a clean look through it, but um, I, I will go ahead and do that so that we can have it at the end of this video. We'll probably pause it at some point and then add it in. And, um, and there you have it. That was a line edit that showed us, A, how we increase the tension in the scene by show, slowing it down beat by beat, by removing unnecessary words, by restructuring sentences so that the important parts come first, and then how we focus on whatever the main point of that scene is, and in this case is that she's having PTSD flashbacks. We want to emphasize them over and over and over again in small but very, very clear ways, and then that's where we're slowing the action down even more. When you did this, if, if you weren't writing notes to yourself for doing this, would you have, have gone through the same two-step process? Probably, yeah. Okay. Because I always, I always like, my, my own edits are never one step. It's, it's like once you clear it up and you solve some problems, then you're seeing, seeing it with fresh eyes. The words don't flow exactly the same. You're always going to have to go back and clean some more stuff up. So it usually takes a few passes to really work out the kinks. I'd probably go over this one more time. Um, after I made all the changes, I'd go back over and the tweaks would be much smaller the third time around, but they would be a few fine-tuning little things. And this, this particular scene was 567 words, the original. If you were, when you're doing this kind of work on your own material, what size chunk of, uh, are you doing it in scenes or chapters or how do you, how do, you do it? You know, it really depends. Sometimes it's going to be scenes. Sometimes it's going to be chapters. It, it depends on at what stage I'm at in the work itself. But let's say it's in this stage where it's the same kind of thing where you're doing the, the first pass and then the second pass. I'd probably be doing it a chapter at a time. Okay. So you would do it in big chunks. Yeah. And it's because you're so f familiar with the material. With this, you don't know what came before. You don't know what comes after. And you've got to kind of guess at some of this stuff. But also it's all that I was sent. Right. So right. I worked with this chunk because it's what I was given. And we worked on way more than we were requested to work on. Hopefully didn't offend anybody by it. I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to say that it was bad. I'm just trying to it was great. It was awesome. I'm just trying to show how I would because people always ask me, how do you do it? How is it done? Show me how it's done. And that's all that I'm doing is showing you how I would do it if this was my own work. And if somebody wants to go back and undo all those changes and say they like their way better, thank you very much, but thank you for the help in figuring out how to make sure the, you know, the past and the present blended, cool. You know, it's not my, it's not my, my, my material. I have no say-so in this. And we're all coming at it from different perspectives. I was, I was coming at this particular thing. I read the material before we started, uh, we started the show, and I'm like, oh, really cool, because I wrote a scene similar to this with flashbacks and, and fire and smoke, and I was never really happy with the way I dealt with the flashbacks. And so as you were going through this, I was thinking of how it could, how it could apply to that same scene that I wrote, which I, when I wrote it, I felt like it was pretty good, but it was just missing something. And 
you know, it's pretty obvious what it was missing. And I, I, I will probably go back to it now and, and read it again. And, well, what do and you think mortified. it was missing? It, it was a really, it was supposed to be a really emotional, powerful, climactic scene. Um, it was kind of one of those really obvious setup kind of things where uh, there was a catastrophe that happened in this person's life. Uh, some time ago that involved the fire and then the climax of the book, here he is in a fire again. And is he going to behave, you know, it will, will the result be the same as it was the last time? And, right. you know, so there's all this emotion that I'm trying to get into it. And I over, I overdid it. I think I, I tried too hard. I'd have, I'd have to go back and look at it again, but I felt like I tried too hard to make it obvious. And, and what you've done with this is just like paring away at things. So it's just the essence that's left and then adding the, the beat by beat by beat to slow it down kind of things. I, I think that the scene I wrote could still work, but it, it undoubtedly needs a lot of work. And I, I can't even remember how long it was. It's probably, three or four, five pages. That's really cool. I, I would love to see the results of, you know, if, if it was helpful to you. And the, the thing that's, um, this is why whenever we get a piece of material like this, I don't just work on the part that the author asked for help with is because sometimes somebody else is having a different struggle, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to see it done once. It's another thing to see it done twice. But when you see it done over and over and over and over, eventually you start to find how it would benefit your own work because your problems are never, your issues are never going to be exactly the same. They might be similar on the grand scale, but they're never going to be the same on a sentence by sentence basis. And so seeing it done over and over and over, eventually it there's so much more of an opportunity that it can click and solve somebody else's problem, even if it's, it's not exactly related. So that's why we do these pieces from top to bottom, because there could be somebody out there who's really struggling with a perspective issue or an anchoring issue or, or what have you. And the more we do it, the repetition, the showing in multiple different ways, the better chance we have of getting lots of really awesome stories for us to read in the future. <laughs> and there was, there was something, it was in the, the first half of this, which would have been last week's episode if you're listening, where you were talking about a very subtle point of view change. And I was following along with you and, and reading it and squinting at what you were doing on the screen and going, I don't see that point of view change. And then you explained it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I see now. And, you know, I'm just thinking in my own mind, how many times have I done that? And it's, it's, I would never have seen it if, if you hadn't pointed it out. Not that you pointed it out like, hey, this is wrong or anything. It's just like it's so subtle, um, but it, it could take you out of the story if you're really into it. Right. And, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world if it's in there the way that it was. It's just that if you get enough of them together, eventually the story starts to feel, eh, you know. So that's what we're we're aiming for is to get it as tight as it can be so that the reader's imagination can take over and so that the strengths that are already there can just explode and, and blossom and not have to worry about all the other stuff that dilutes it. All right, and between the time where we started this podcast and now, 
we have uh, we have the author's permission now to to share her name. Mindy, thank you so much for sending this in. It, it was just wonderful to have this material to work through. Um, it was really well done and really useful for me and and I hope for uh, the rest of our audience to listen to this and and get a sense of the story, an epic fantasy type story. This was, was absolutely great. You're very courageous for doing this, and thank you so much for, for sending it in. If you are out there listening and you're struggling with a problem, a specific problem like Mindy was, uh, send us the information. Let, let Taylor work through it so that we can all learn from it, and, and we can all learn together because that's why we're here, so that we can kick our writing in the butt one <laughs> word at a time. Thanks for being with us, guys. And thank you, Mindy, for sharing that. I had a lot of fun working with it. You've got a fantastic creative imagination. And thanks to everybody that listened or watched. Um, And I have to say, if you're just listening to these, sometime when you have the time, you really need to watch it because it really makes a difference. It just imprints on your mind a little bit more, I think, when you can actually see the words instead of just hearing them. At least for me, it works that way. But I understand that it, it literally does take a committed hour or so to watch one of these as opposed to being able to do something else while you're listening. But um, however you consume this, thank you so much for being here this week. We'll see you guys next week.